Welcome to episode 8 of the Fantasy Hockey Bros Podcast. I'm Mike, and as always, I got Anth on the other end. Anth, what's up, buddy? Bud, what a battle of the bargains we got going this week. Krejci versus Buchnevich. Buch has five points. Krejci has four. He's playing right now. We made a couple of savvy picks this week. Yes, we did, and everybody else that participated... They don't even have a shot. No, I think it's like Philip Cheadle has like two points, and that's the closest one to our pick. So well done, Ed. Yeah, step up your game, everybody. Yes. <laughs> well done. We'll see if Krejci can do anything. Yeah, I think I'm going to take this one. I got Krejci getting a point tonight. I think that would just tie it there, pal. Well, actually, are the goals the same? Uh, that's a good question. I don't anyway, know. Anyway, look for that post tomorrow morning. Let's get right to it. Fantasy player of the night's. This week we had Jacob Vrana, Brad Marchand, Matthew Kachuk, Alex Petrangelo, Nathan McKinnon, Miko Koskinen, and we had Shea Weber. Yeah, so a few of those guys, like Marchand, Matthew Kachuk, McKinnon, Weber, we don't need to say too much about them. They're studs. Everyone knows they're studs. But we should touch on... So Vrana was last week. He was last Sunday. And I'm waiting for Vrana to slow down. But... He really hasn't so far. He's been he's been producing at a pretty good clip. What are your thoughts on Verena? Yeah, I think we need to talk about this guy because, you know, nine goals and 16 points so far. Those are some solid stats. So I know a lot of guys have questions on him. 16 points in 18 games is solid. And nobody's giving him a lot of respect. And I think it's because of the ice time. He's averaging under 14 minutes a night. He's never going to crack that top power play, but he's getting it done. He is. He is getting it done. And how much longer does he need to do this before he does get some looks on that top power play? I don't think it's going to happen. I I mean, barring any injuries, I just can't get too excited about him. He's an iffy one. He's got 13th overall. He's only 23. He put up some good numbers in the AHL when he was there before he was a full-time big leaguer. Maybe he's taking that next step, Mike. It's just he needs the opportunity. Well, that's the thing. So, Verana, I think he is taking that next step. And, you know, will he surpass his previous total last year of 47 points? Probably. Probably. Sure looks like it. But I don't think he's going to hit 60 just because of the opportunity. So, unless someone gets hurt, I think Verana, like, you can't really expect you know, over the moon stats from him this year. But he's a serviceable player. I think with Vrana, he's the kind of guy that you almost want to be traded because that's when he might really take off. Right now, it's kind of buy your time and and hope that he can produce under an elite set of stars in front of him. Right. As is, I think he's going to slow down. Agreed. I think he's going to slow down as well. Alex Petrangelo. Yeah, I want to talk about him a little bit. I know people were worried with the Falk trade that it would affect Petrangelo negatively, but he's been great. 16 points in 18 games so far this year. He's got three power play goals, five power play assists. We know that power play's clicking now. And, you know, I really liked Petrangelo. I think he has so much potential to be a star, but... Previously in St. Louis, like other years, they haven't used him that way. And I think finally, which is funny because Falk's there now and Pareko's there and, you know, they have done that they're using. But finally, 
He's getting top power play minutes, and he's making every opportunity of it. So I really like Petrangelo. I think he can beat his previous high of 54 points. I really do. Yeah, and the Blues look fantastic too, 12-3-3. There isn't a hangover there. Nope. So let's go into some forwards now from the past week. We have some injuries to discuss. Yeah, some bad ones. Marner left the game last night. It didn't look too bad, but we are going to have to wait and see uh, what the outlook for Marner is. If he is injured long-term, Mike, who gets the biggest bump there? Oh, I think right off the bat, you got to say Nylander. Nylander automatically inserts on that top power play now that with Marner's out, he plays this position. They're both right-handed shots. He slots right in. It's easy. It's easy for Babcock to put Nylander there. And Nylander has to get going. He hasn't particularly looked good. I mean, recently he has been playing much better. Maybe because, you know, he's got the confidence now that he's going to play with the elite superstars on the Leafs. But yeah, I think Nylander's for sure the guy that's going to get the biggest bump from this. Yeah, I would agree with you. And I would say the next guy is probably Kasperi Kapanen, who moves up to play with Tavares at 5-on-5. And Hyman, Zach Hyman, should be back soon. I think when he gets back, that Hyman, Tavares, and Kapanen line for now uh, will have a bit of upside, even without Marner. And what do you think about Hyman, Mike, coming back? He's 10% owned. Is he a guy you'd go nab? Yeah, I would. And like, I mean, Hyman, he's playing with John Tavares. And anytime you have a guy in a position playing with an elite player like that, we, we've seen how they click in the past. Yeah, Marner might not be there for now, but I think Hyman should be owned more than 10%. I mean, don't go crazy with him but and don't expect the world out of him. But when he's playing with Tavares and then eventually Marner, 10% owned isn't enough. I do want to say something else about the Leafs. You know, they've kind of stumbled out of the gate here. Lately, they've been better. But there's been a lot of talk of how their elite players haven't looked good. And they haven't. I've watched a bunch of the Leaf games. And I just think when these guys get going and hit their stride, man, like they could be so much better than they are now. And they're killing it right now with the points. Like, I know fantasy hockey, you don't care really how yeah about how well yeah you you don't care how they're getting it done you care how they look because you want to ensure that it's sustainable and they can continue producing but as far as the points go you don't care how they're getting their points as long as they get them for you you're good yeah for sure yep i just think when this team gets going it's scary what they might be able to do considering they're getting points now and they're not playing well and that leaf power play right now they're only clicking at 16 percent. they're so much better than this now, with Marner out, it does look like Nylander is going to slide right into that position because he has been on the previous power plays that have come without Marner in the lineup. But it would be nice to see Babcock use Barry in, on that power play to give it a different look. I mean, Barry's also a right-handed shot. It doesn't shake things up too much, but it gives you that slap shot from the point that they don't really have as a threat. So you slide Barry in there, who needs to get going. I just think it would be a nice little treat. Maybe that's not so much of a fantasy talk. That's more of like a Toronto Maple Leaf outlook, trying to get Barry going. But Well, yeah, for if you're a Barry owner, you're praying for something like that to happen. No doubt there. Yeah, I just think that would be nice to see for people who own Barry. You're right. 
Yeah, sticking with uh, forwards here and moving over to their division rivals, the Sens. The Sens had a great week, and there's a couple guys I would like to talk about. John Gabriel Pajot, who is 33% owned, went and had himself a great week. He's one of those guys that if he's available in a deeper league, he can do everything for you. I picked up Pajot as a streamer this week, and I wish I mentioned him on last week's episode as a bargain because I went and picked him up myself because I liked the send schedule, and then he went out and had five goals on the week, no assists, but with all the peripheral stats, he was actually one of the top fantasy players of the week. Without him, I would have lost goals. I would have lost, or I would have tied shorthanded points. I would have lost game winners, and I would have lost hits. So right there, that's the importance. Like That could be... In your head-to-head matchup, that's key. Picking up a good streamer, if he goes and has a good week, it could be the difference between winning and losing your matchup. Yeah, make sure you have that option to pick up a streamer. It's so important, guys. And his teammate, Vladislav Nemesnikov, also had a very big week. Was, just like Pajot, one of the top-ranked guys in all of fantasy. His ownership number should be way higher. He has shorthanded points. He hits, even got into a fight last night. He blocks shots. And they give him a ton of minutes. So in a deep league, if he's there, he should be owned. Get him on your team. Yeah, and the Sens play four times again this coming week. So not a bad guy to shoot. Yes, we'll talk, more, uh, we'll talk more about them for sure. Yeah. Okay, another injury we got we to gotta talk about, Crosby. You know what? This one didn't look bad at all. So we could be wasting our breath with this one. But if Crosby's out for any significant amount of time, what do we think happens over there? Well, first off, Jake Gensel owners won't be too pleased because Gensel picks up a ton of points playing alongside Crosby. I think a bump would go to maybe Nick Bugstad. I guess he would move up to the second line center spot and play with better forwards. So yeah, that makes sense. Right. But I go ahead. I was just saying, I don't think that Gensel really loses a ton of value. Yes, he is used to playing with Sid. But he's probably going to play with Malkin. Yeah, like, it's not that like could Malkin's, be the case. It's not like Malkin's line mates are just like set in stone. Like he just got back. They've been trying Galchenyuk with him, and they haven't really connected much. So like, I don't know. I I think those that Pittsburgh forward group, it's just a mashup. Like especially now that Crosby's out, things are going to change so much. Yeah, we won't say too much on it right now. Coach Sullivan said he'd give us an update on Monday. So we'll see then what the update is, and we'll go from there. Here's the next forward you want to talk about. I want to quickly touch on Dayton Heinen for Boston. Not too much to say, but DeBrusque has been hurt for a couple games, and he has seen the time on the power play, that top power play where DeBrusque was. So short-term ad, Dayton Heinen, not too bad of an idea. Danton. 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 That's not Dayton? No. Like Dayton, Ohio. No, Danton. Like Dayton, Florida. That's not a place. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, a Heinen short-term bump while Nebraska's out. That's the best power play in the league. And to get a little piece of it for a little bit, why not? Okay, good call. Robbie Fabry is another forward we wanted to touch on. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people want to know what we think about Fabry. Coming over in that trade from St. Louis for Jacob De La Rose, they've inserted him right into the top unit. He's getting 
decent minutes right now in the first two games, but three goals in two games. And I think in a deep league, you have to go and pick him up. If you have the space on your roster, say you have a couple of guys that are droppable, I think for sure, even if he fizzles out and this doesn't turn out to be much, I think you have to take the shot because he's a first-round pick, was a prolific scorer in junior, and you know he was okay in the 164 games that he played for the Blues. Uh, he had 73 points, so it's not bad. But he was never really a fit there. And only two games in, it's extremely early. But he looks good. You know, as a Red Wings fan, I'll tell you, he might screw up the tank. What, what do you think? What does that mean? Because they're tanking this season. Oh, screw up the tank. Yeah, yeah. What do you think? Oh, I- no. But he's, a good little, he's a good little ad for the Red Wings and for fantasy owners. Because like you said, young guy, new situation. He's worth an ad because you don't know what he could become so i like him as an ad but i just wanted to correct you he has two goals one assist in two games for detroit all right yeah and we're not saying that he's gonna go and be a superstar now because i mean maybe he could maybe there's a chance that that happens there's an off chance that that happens but even if it's a one in 20 chance say that he goes and he's even point per game the rest of the season with detroit which would be amazing but in the very off chance that happens you need to take the shot especially in a deep league when or in a keeper league, I think it's a smart way to manage your team, just to try and add assets in a very cheap way. I agree. and But people will say, you know, do I drop Robbie Fabry for so-and-so on the risk? Um, yeah, you do. I mean, this is why we, I know I've said it already in this episode, but this is why we keep saying having a streaming spot is so important because in this case, you would use your streaming spot for Fabry and at least... You know, you you let him see what he is there. Yeah, give him a couple weeks. Yeah, you can give him a couple weeks because you have that availability on your team. And then if he turns into something, well, you just got to create a new streaming spot. That's all. Right. And if you exactly, if you don't have a streaming spot, if you look down at your team and say, I don't want to drop any of these guys, grab two of them, find a manager, and say, kids, do a two for one. Even if you don't win the deal, even if it's just. Like you sort of give up one of them and maybe you improve it a little bit on one guy. Then you're opening up that spot and that's a, that spot is valuable. So look at that as an asset you're getting in the trade. You're getting a free spot. Yep. Okay. Another forward you wanted to talk about is JT Miller, who's continuing to produce. What do you think about JT? Yes. JT Miller. We talked about him last week. You were pumping his tires big time. And, you know, I'm excited for what Miller can do this season with the Canucks. But honestly, I wasn't 100% sold on, you know, him just becoming a point-per-game guy. But I did some digging around. And yes, he's 26. And there aren't too many cases where there that where we see late bloomers, you know, just at that age or in their late 20s suddenly become point-per-game guys. Blake Wheeler is one of those guys. Blake Wheeler and JT Miller... We're both high draft picks. Wheeler, fifth overall. Miller, 15th overall. And so, yes, I said JT Miller's 26 now. Wheeler, by age 26, had 191 points in 324 games, which is a .59 point per game average. Miller, 
at this point in his career, has 254 points in 451 games, which is 0.56 points per game. And Wheeler, too, didn't have a point-per-game season until he was 31 years old. So, yeah, it's rare, but Miller producing well above his career average now that he's in a good situation... It's not out of the realm of possibility. So maybe we could see him take that step and become a guy like Wheeler who found a good situation and, you know, was started to get his name into the elite conversation. What do you think? Yeah, I like Miller. I, I think, I mean, I mentioned this before, but he's getting more ice time now and he's making the best of it playing with Besser and Pedersen. So I like JT Miller. He's 85% owned. If you own him, great. Don't trade him. I would not trade him. I, I, this isn't one of those sell-high situations. Hold on to Miller. See what this is. I like it. Yeah, absolutely. Let's move on to some defensemen. Yeah, I need to toot my own adort a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually need to mention something. We said. Tanger, I know, yeah. Yeah, listen. I'll say we said it. I know I said it. I said trade this guy while he's hot before he gets hurt. And what does he do? He goes and he does his classic week-to-week crap that you don't know what to do. Oh, do I hold him? He's just out a week. Oh, two weeks later, three weeks later, four weeks later. It's a joke. Latang is an awful guy to own. If you listened to us and traded him when we told you to, good for you. If not, you're screwed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think you need to take it down a peg, but... Um, I'm angry. I'm a- I don't even own him. I don't even own Latang, and I'm angry. If I owned him, oh, you know what? I would never own him. So I'm angry for people who do. Okay, so we'll say it again. If you have Latang, you're not doing anything right now, unless there's like a, a Pens fan who's just in love with the guy, and he'll take him when he's injured. But more than likely, you're going to have to wait until he's healthy and producing, and then try and trade him. You're going to want to get proper value because he's still a big name and he does produce when he's playing but again trade him when you can try to get something good and just cut bait with the guy yeah i agree but while Latang is out justin schultz 26 percent owned serious increase in value yeah there's uncertainty surrounding the crosby injury but whether he's fine or not there's still great talent on that power play justin schultz is the guy and I'd pick him up. 26% owned to go for it. Okay, another injury. John Klingberg. Uh, what does it mean for Klingberg owners? We sent out a tweet. Uh, let's discuss it here. Yeah, so if I'm a Klingberg owner, I don't mind this at all. Klingberg wasn't producing. Sit on my bench. Heal your injuries. Come back <laughs> and we'll see what you are. But I can pick up a guy that's probably producing right now. Or hey, I can pick up a streaming option. But I don't want to deal with you. You don't want to deal with Produce for me. You don't want to produce for me. (laughs) So this injury is great for both of us. I like it. Sorry, finish finish your point. I think I'm going to go to where you were going. I like it, and I like it for Heiskanen. Yes, that's what I was going to say. I like it for Heiskanen for sure. Even though Dallas, they've played twice this week. I'm not going to keep being a dead horse with Dallas, but let's just see what they are. But yes, Heiskanen, bump. And speaking of some defensemen who are producing, Tony D'Angelo for the Rangers has seized the number one power play defenseman role. I really dragged that sentence out. Uh, What do you think about D'Angelo? Yeah, I like D'Angelo. I'm going to give another told you so about Truba. Not in love with Truba. 
He wasn't able to produce on that top power play, and D'Angelo took his spot. I think this is a thing, though, that's going to change. I, I, even Adam Fox is getting a lot of time recently, so uh, he's making the most of it. If he's hot right now, roll with him while he's hot. Yeah, you're constantly shitting on Truba, and you know maybe he's sort of lost some opportunity and the points haven't been coming, but Truba's still a guy I love to own because... Look at him so far this season, 40 shots, 37 hits, 34 blocks. You love having him back there because he does everything. If you can stack your D with a bunch of defensemen who contribute across the board, you're laughing and you're probably winning those peripheral stats every week in a head-to-head league. Yeah, don't get get me wrong. I like Truba for that reason, but for people to draft him where they were thinking he's going to get 50 points again, it's not going to happen and it was never going to happen. But, you know, if he can get you 40, maybe, hopefully, he can get 40. I like that a lot, given everything else that he does. Okay, okay. Kael McCarr. Kael McCarr had a very good week. Three goals, three assists. He now has 17 points in 17 games. And I'm loving what I'm seeing from Kael McCarr. Even with Linus Cog and Ranton and out, he went and had himself a great week. So he's living up to the hype, maybe even exceeding it right now because I don't know if anyone expected him to be point per game over a month into the season. Yeah, he's definitely exceeding expectations. I think people were high on him coming in, but they didn't expect this. And no, it's 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 great. We mentioned that Gerard is getting a lot of power play time sometime in his place, but Makar's producing. So yeah, you got to trust him right now. Yep. Duncan Keith. Yeah, I just wanted to make a note on Duncan Keith. And I guess... Because of the note on Duncan Keith, I got to talk about Gustafson. Gustafson seems like he's done as that top power play defenseman. Sometimes he's not even getting on the power play. So, yeah, brutal for Gustafson's owners. He was absolutely incredible for the Hawks last year. And if you drafted him pretty high, I mean, you're, you're really upset right now. That guy has four points in 15 games. Yeah, I'm not ready to write off Gustafson's season just yet. I know he's been dropped a ton in Yahoo leagues, but you don't just go and put up 60 points in a fluke season. You know, there's something there. We saw him tonight against the Leafs on a four-on-three. He was a defenseman with Kane, Taves, and Debrinket. And what happens, he gives it over to Kane, and then Kane to Debrinket to Taves' goal. So he doesn't end up with a point. So maybe it's just a lot of bad luck the first month of the season here. And we'll see it turn around. I think my advice for him would be if you do start seeing his name pop up on the score sheet. Because, I mean, he's probably like one of the highest profile defensemen in your league on waivers right now. So if you see that, I would go and grab him, especially if you need the defensive help. He did have a monster year last year, but he is 27. And I know it takes time for a defenseman to grow. So, yeah, maybe he's just stumbled out of the gate here. Because you're right, 60 points is not a fluke. No. But I just, I don't, I'm not in love with the way Colleton's using him over there. I guess we'll see how that progresses. But in the meantime, like, turn back the clock. Duncan Keith is on the top power play. And, yeah, he's getting up there in age... But short term or however long this lasts, Duncan Keith is a guy that could be worth owning. I mean, you're passing the puck over to Kane. And Kane is capable of getting super hot at any time. Yes, and we're seeing Kane come to life now Yeah, after a bit of a slow start. Okay, Anth, I think that's enough about the past week. Let's get into some questions and the look ahead to the next week. But first, we got to give a shout out to our sponsors, GT Radial Tires. 
Guys, it's winter time. Whether we like it or not, it's time to get winter tires. And GT Radial has you covered. This podcast is brought to you by their new GT Radial's Champiro Ice Pro, a stunnable winter tire that is designed to handle the harshest ice and snow conditions. Visit gtradial.ca for more information. I might go pick up a pair of those tires myself. Well, not just a pair. I think I guess I need four <laughs> yeah, of them, need right? Two pairs. <laughs> yeah, I need two pairs of those tires. But no, I definitely just switched my tires. I think the snow is expected very soon in our area, so it's time to put them on. Okay, question time. We have two here on Twitter from Mike Mayer at DangerPowers19. He says, where do you guys project Jaden Schwartz finishes at the end of the year? Seems to be flying under the radar with 14 points in 17 games. Yes, Mike. Good question. Because you're absolutely right. Jaden Schwartz has been flying under the radar for sure. And I think that's because he's kind of injury prone. And owners like to stay away from him. I mean, he's a good player and he had a bad year last year. It was a down season. He only shot 6%. Career average of shooting percentage is 12%. So I think it's safe to say that last year was just a down year for Jaden Schwartz. Where do we project him to sort of finish the season? I think he's capable of getting near 60 points. The biggest thing with Schwartz is his health. I like who he is as a player and his position on that team. It's just the health that that bugs me. But he should definitely be more than 36% owned. The guy produces. Yeah, he's 27 years old and he's never played a full season. So health is a problem for sure. He's always a guy who I like to go pick up sort of here and there if he's available and maybe hold on to him until he gets injured and, and whatnot because he's always producing but uh it's it really comes down to his health where he's gonna finish and if he can stay healthy the rest of the season then he's definitely capable of 60 65 points yeah and i think at 36 percent owned he'll be on people's waivers and he shouldn't be like he, he's capable of producing near point per game pace when he's healthy. Yeah, so if your league does have a few IR spots and if and when he gets injured, yeah, stash him there. He's a he's definitely a good player to own. Yeah. Okay, second question from Mike. He says, what do you think is a proper long-term outlook for Tyson Jost? Player drafted with high upside and seems like he just can't put it all together at the NHL level. Your thoughts? Jost is still really young. I mean, I, I wouldn't peg him as not being able to put it together. I just think it's a matter of him getting to know the league, getting opportunity, and growing as a player. I think Jost is capable of being fantasy relevant in the league. Maybe it's not now, but long-term outlook, I think he's capable of being uh, like a 60-point guy. I I can't say that that's out of the question. Yeah, absolutely. It's still too soon to say that he can't put it all together. I definitely agree with you there. 21 years old. We've seen guys break out much later than that. But it does say something that the Avs felt that they had to go out and get a second-line center. So they didn't think he was ready to jump into that spot. But all the same, it's still too soon. He's definitely capable of becoming something eventually. Yeah, and he's only averaging under 14 minutes of ice time throughout his career. 
this year we're seeing the same numbers. So, so yeah, he won't be breaking out this year. No, he won't be breaking out this year. But down the road, there will be opportunity. And, I mean, Rantanen and McKinnon are still young. He may eventually find his way playing with those guys. So, I don't mind him. Serviceable this year. But for future, yeah, he could be, he could be very fantasy relevant. Another question from our boy Dusty Dinkelman. At Dinkelman underscore Dusty. He says... <laughs> Is that his name, Dusty Dinkelman? If that's his name, it's pretty unreal. Dusty Dinkelman. That is a sick name. <laughs> he says, Larkin or Monahan in a keeper? Okay, for me, this one's not as close as it seems. I am going Larkin, and I feel very strongly about it. I think that Larkin... I mean, I don't think that Larkin... You clearly see based on the stats, Larkin... Does everything that Monaghan does, and then more. More shots, more hits, more blocks. Larkin is better than Monaghan, in my opinion. And in a keeper league, I think you go Larkin all day over Monaghan. I think our answers are going to differ here. I'd say Monaghan. Monaghan has produced at a higher level for longer than Larkin has. He's a couple years older. But uh, Monaghan hovered around 60 points for four years before he was able to put up 82 and 78 last year. I think he's going to be able to sustain that. I don't know. Like Larkin was close to a point per game last year, but I don't know that he's going to be able to stay there from now on. I, I do like him, but I'm a such a results-oriented thinker that I would have to lean to Monaghan. But he's so boring. Like peripheral wise, peripheral stats. I know it doesn't matter for fantasy, but he's just watching him is boring. Like he gets it done, but like I was watching the Detroit game the other night. It was only it was one of the few games on. Like let's be real here. I don't enjoy watching Detroit, <laughs> but Larkin impressed me, man. Actually, I think that game Larkin fought. He impressed me, and he plays hard. Like I, I think he's the heartbeat of that team, and. I really think that Detroit is going to grow as he does. I'm, yeah, I'm taking him over Monaghan. So, yeah, sorry, Dusty. Kind of a difference of opinion there. So, we can leave it at that. They're just very close, the two players. It may have to come down to your your gut if you have to decide between them two uh, in a keeper league. Yeah. Okay, next question from Joe Bond at Joe X You think Bondo. that's his real name, Joe Bond? Who ha- is more likely to have it as the real name, Joe Bond or Dusty Dinkelman? Probably Joe Bond, but Joe Bond's a sweet name. Like, Joe, you might have to get into porn or something. (laughs) (laughs) Or like... Especially with that handle, Joe X Bond. Oh, for sure. Or Joe Joe Bond. Maybe take down a couple of international villains. Okay, this is getting out of hand. (laughs) Okay, the question is... Anders... Yes. Is Anders Nilsson creeping into worth a third goalie ad? I would say so. Nilsson had a great week. The Sens had a good schedule, and they made hay on it. But I'd say, yeah, at least in the short term. Ottawa has another good schedule this week. They play four times. And if you can add him right now and have him for the week, I would do it. I just would be ready to cut bait with him if he goes and has a couple of stinkers, which he's bound to do. He's playing on the Sens. But in the short term, he is worth having as your third goalie if you need the help. Yeah, as a third goalie, absolutely, I'm adding him. He's been playing well. Like, Joe, you shouldn't be expecting wins out of him, but you could reasonably expect good numbers. And for your third goalie, I think that's all you're looking for. So, yeah, 
Go ahead if you. Yep. There. Next question at Boxcar Kayo sent this one in. Do you do you think that's his real name? <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. What has happened to Jamie Ben? Do I hold on or trade for low end skaters? I am so sick okay. of talking about Jamie Ben. And me too. And these questions are getting tougher me- and tougher to answer because we just have no idea what's going on with this guy. No, you know what? We're not. We're. I. I don't want to talk about him. We talked about him for so long. So this is what we're gonna do. Eth, Jamie Ben is ninety-two percent owned. I am just going to pull up the other players who are under ninety-two percent owned, and just watch you nod your head and say yes as <laughs> I ask you, who would you rather, Jamie Ben or this yeah. guy? Okay, yeah. it's yes to all. He is. I don't know what's going on with him. He's only 30. Could his body be breaking down at this age? Maybe. I guess it wouldn't be the first time we've seen it. Maybe he's got some something personal going on. Who knows? It's very frustrating. But the coach did just call him out, Jim Montgomery. So maybe in the next couple of weeks, we'll see him come to life. If I had him, I wouldn't be ready to cut bait with him just yet. We gave our answer. Yeah, I, I think I'm in the. I'm at the point with Ben where I'm looking for trade options. I'm hoping I can send him to a guy that wants to buy low yeah that's what i'm doing with them and i'm gonna see what i can get with them because at this point like i'm i'm so done with them he played what did he play tonight 14 minutes 13 yeah 13 minutes sunday night beautiful okay last question our boy at patrick underscore neuron he says try to trade ryan strom before it's too late in a 12 team keeper league or is his resurgence for real what type of return should you look for in return as a prospect Cody Glass, thanks again. Okay, Patrick. Yeah, thanks for the question as well. I actually own Ryan Strom in a league too. I picked him up when he was 4% owned. I know I've been talking about him because he's my guy at this point. Been on an absolute tear. He was drafted 5th overall 2011. He's 26 years old. I'm not looking to trade him. I mean, change of scenery. It's one of the few reliable centers that the Rangers have right now. And he's playing with good players. And the Rangers are only going to get better. So in a keeper league, really, what are you looking for? Like, you you have a guy here that is producing. I think you just leave it alone. Well, yeah, at least until Mika Zibanejad comes back from injury. Yeah, but even when he comes back, like I mean, Strom was producing when he was there. And he's still going to play with, like, Kako, who's going to continue to grow. Maybe Panarin jumps up with, with Zibanejad. But whatever, he's going to play in your top six. He's getting 20 minutes of ice time. Oh, yeah, right yeah, now. yeah. But I'm just saying reassess when that happens. Yes, I agree. But I, I'm not looking to trade him right now. Okay, we actually do have one more question that just came in. What is this? It's from our older brother, Angelo. Oh, this this should be good. He says... He doesn't even play <laughs> fantasy hockey. Okay, let's see what he's saying. He says, how do you feel about picking up players like Cogliano on Dallas or even a player like Poolman on the Jets or Patan on the Leafs? I feel like these are breakout candidates that are just waiting for the right opportunity to become legit NHL supers. Okay, I feel like he's joking here. Wouldn't you agree that it would be best to fill your team with players like this while it's early... So you are poised to have a dynasty. No one is talking about the talent on <laughs> Biega on the wings. And I just know big things are coming. Let me know your thoughts while you finger pop each other's assholes. Okay. <laughs> I think we don't even have to answer this guy's question. Thanks for wasting our time, Edge. Yeah, we need to start screening these. We can't be doing live question reads because we get into ridiculous stuff like that. 
Uh, what a guy. <sighs> okay. Well, actually, we should get to some breaking news. Marner will be out a minimum of four weeks. Yeah, so we already talked about the guys who get bumps yeah. there. <laughs> I'm still laughing about this last question. <laughs> Uh, yeah, William Nylander, he's looked really good the last few games. And, uh, yeah, Kapanen is the other guy who gets a, a, a smaller bump than Nylander, but a bump nonetheless. With that said, let's go on to the week ahead. Yes, let's do that. Okay, I'll quickly run off. Four-game weeks, there's only three this week, and they're not that pretty. Arizona, Ottawa, and Washington. Two gamers, Tampa, Islanders, Columbus, and Nashville. Yep, so as always, if you have a few players from those teams, you got to look for help. Heavy nights. Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, like Mm -hmm. always. Okay, I'll start with some potential bargains this week. I'm going back to the Sens, who we already brought up. I like Pajot, who I already mentioned, at 33%. And Nemesnikov, who I already mentioned, who is 13% owned. You know, the thing with the Sens is there's so many guys that are not really owned. And they're a good streaming option this week because they play Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So you're going to get one of these guys. Like you mentioned, I got Peugeot written down, Nemestikov. And then, I mean, a lot of these guys are are just a crapshoot. You really don't know what you're getting. But Colin White came back from injury. They like him. They give him power play time. He may play with Kachuk. Like, there's an option, 4% owned, not that bad. And then Nick Paul who nobody is talking about. Yeah, I know, it's Ottawa. Who wants to talk about them? But he's come in seven games, sorry, 11 games. He has seven points, 33 hits, which is nice. If you're looking desperately for some help, I mean, he's not a bad option. Getting some power play time, 15 minutes a night. Yep, Yep. Connor Brown as well, 12 points in 16 games. He's averaging over 20 minutes a night, and he's only 8% owned, so... If you want to go to the Sens, as we suggest you should, yeah, lots, lots of, of options. options there. Do you wait? Hold on. Do you really suggest they should? I think the Sens kind of blew their load last week. I don't know. I don't think. No, I don't think so. Carolina, be... New Jersey, Philly, Buffalo. I mean, that's not anything to be afraid of. They're going to put up some goals this week, and so those are the guys who are going to score them. Yeah. You just hopefully you hit on the right one. Exactly. Okay, um, with Arizona, similar situation as Ottawa. Four games this week. They don't play on the off nights, so nothing great there. But if you're looking at your week ahead and you got some holes to fill, they play four times. Garland, 14%. Steppen, 6%. Dvorak, Soderberg, Chikrin, Krause, if you want hits, 24%. There's options there. Yep, and then from the Capitals... There's one guy. <laughs> Who, Lars Eller? Exactly. 17% when everybody else is owned. Yeah. Well, even Radko Gudis, maybe if you're in a more shallow league, who's 34% owned, he puts up some excellent peripheral stats, hits a ton. So if your team's lacking on hits, good place to look. Plays four games. Yep. Other options for me, I don't mind Minnesota's schedule. There's Matt Zuccarello. He's getting a little hot right now. I think he... Is better than how he started, so it's nice to see him picking up some points. Actually, Minnesota's playing a lot better. Guys like Stahl, very hot. But, yeah, Zook, 15% owned. Parise, 13% owned. Other schedules I really like. Of course, they only play three times, but Carolina, Buffalo, and L.A. 
Dezingle, 18%. Jordan Stahl, 13%. From Buffalo, maybe Marcus Johansson, 9%. From LA, Jeff Carter, 9%. Ilya Kovalchuk, 7%. These are all guys. I like their schedule. I could see them putting up a decent week. Yeah, I like San Jose's schedule. The only guy I would be kind of excited about who whose ownership is fairly low is Kevin LeBanc, who's 35% owned in a shallower league. He could have a pretty decent week. And another guy who's 35% owned is from the Vegas Golden Knights, who also have a pretty easy schedule this week. They were stunned tonight in the last minute to lose against the Red Wings. So... I think they have some wins coming this week. Stastny is a pretty good place to look. Uh, Cody Glass as well, 7% owned in deep leagues. Do you have anyone else, Mike? No, I think that's good. Are we ready to get to Battle of the Bargains? Yes, because now we can officially say that the Bruins game just ended. I took down Krejci this week. I knew that wasn't a good pick. Uh, Never did I even once want Krejci. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You were so upset. Yeah, but you look, see, I called an audible, picked up Buchnevich, five points, big week. You, you didn't call an audible. I called an audible for you, and you were scrambling to find a pick. Yeah, I scrambled, and I beat your ass. So, okay. yes, 20 bucks, slide it over. I took the lead to one me. And that's two weeks in a row where the fantasy hockey bros have won, guys. So, come on, smarten up. Get better picks out there. Or hear our picks and then go out and get those guys on your team for the week. Yeah. Okay, so who do you like this This week? week, You get the guy. Yes, I have first pick. I mentioned him a couple times already. And he's already been picked in our little game because I don't think he should be less than 20% owned. But he is Vlad Nemesnikov. I will take him this week. Wow. He's my pick. Go ahead. Okay. I'm really debating on two guys. Should I tell you the two? I already picked, Mike. I know, I know, but I'm going to tell you the two guys <laughs> just because I want I want to be like, oh, I had him too. Um, okay, go. It's not going to be worth anything if you don't pick the guy that has a better week, but go ahead. Okay, okay, I'm going with Ryan Dezingle, 18% owned. Nice. You hate that pick, but let's just move no, on now. <laughs> no, I don't hate it. I was just thinking, wasn't Dezingle the guy that Nemesnikov just scrapped with? I don't know. I I'm pretty sure scrap. it was him. Was I'm going to have to go check this, and I really hope I'm not wrong. Oh, dude, find the photo and use it. Oh, yeah. Oh, that would be so good. Oh, I'll see. I'll see. So they just scrapped out on the ice if I'm not wrong. Or just tell me who he, or just tell me who he fought, and then I'll just pick that guy just to have that photo. Yeah, they did. They did. I, I just pulled it up on my phone. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So they just scrapped it out on the ice, and they're going to scrap it out in the battle this week. Yep, let's put that out tomorrow morning, and uh, guys, get involved with it. It's pretty cool. Pretty fun. Also, we just hit 1,000 followers on Instagram, and that post will be dropping in a couple days. So look out for that. Uh, you can win a nice Red Wings jersey and cap. A hat? Cap. What's the difference between a cap and a hat? Nothing. So why do you call it a cap? That's just the word I chose, Mike. Wrapper up. I think a cap is more like baseball, like when you're wearing a baseball cap. Yeah, and it is a baseball cap. No, it's a hockey cap. Oh, God. It has a hockey logo on it. Okay, guys, if you're still listening, thank <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's wrap it up. Guys, good luck in your pools this week. 
and we'll chat next week. Yes, good luck. Take care, everybody. Take care.